0: Now, now, the Music Biz Weekly presents the Rockstar Branding Podcast. Turn your band into a world famous brand. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Rockstar Branding Podcast. I'm Brian, and I've uh, got Michael and Ron with me. How are you guys?
1: Doing good. Good. Uh,
0: Today's discussion is something that I think um, you've, you've heard us talk about, but we're going to dive right into this a little deeper than possibly that we have before. And it is this, promoting by not promoting. Now, What, what are the you hell, talking about? What the hell do I mean by that? Well, this is something that I, I, I often talk with uh, when I'm doing consulting sessions with artists or when I'm teaching students is – I take a very laid back approach to uh promoting. And uh, I'm really adverse to the whole car salesman-y um push hard, shoving product down people's throats. I just don't think it works. And it just uh it gives me the the heebie-jeebies. And whenever I have a um a good feeling about a product or an artist or whatever, it's usually because Instead of them pushing and selling me all the time, they're just telling me. They're informing me about stuff that they're doing. So for me, and this is a real tough thing for a lot of ours to get their head around, informing their audience rather than promoting to their audience. And,
1: and, and here's the problem. They think informing is saying, here's the iTunes link to my new album.
0: Right. That's not right. informing. Now, I think, you know, obviously, I think you can do that um, sparingly. You can say, you know, the first day that it goes up, it's like, here it is. You know, I've been talking sure. about oh, this, sure. or, you know, but doing it every day or every other day that is selling. So um, how, how do you advise your, your clients? Because I know you, you take a similar the, approach.
1: Yeah, I, I follow a similar approach and I, I do something which I call the 80-20 rule. So 80% of your posts should not be about selling, only 20%. And and those 20% can just be a blatant, here's the link to iTunes, here's the link to Ticketmaster, here's the link to the t-shirt. The other 80% can't be that. They have to be, what I tell people, educate and entertain. Posts that are entertaining to, to, to your fans. Now you can include ways for them to get to your products through that entertainment so it could be as simple as check out the the handwritten lyric sheet from the the studio when i wrote the new song from our upcoming album that comes out in two weeks linked to itunes you don't even say click here to buy it on itunes you just say here's the photo here's what it is and here's the link
0: i think uh one of the one of the key um I guess suggestions here is to allude to things rather than holding up a big sign in capital letters with 18 it, it, exclamation it, it, marks exactly
1: because <laughs> and here, here's what happens is your album comes out next week next Tuesday you can talk about it on Tuesday because it just came out what are you going to talk about on Wednesday on Thursday on Friday the next week two weeks five weeks from now so through this thought process of coming up with what's entertaining, you're giving yourself more reasons to keep talking about your music, right? Here's a yeah. photo from the rehearsal. Here's a here. Here's here's the handwritten lyric sheet. Here's a video clip of us writing yeah. this song. Here's, you know, and all of it gives you a reason to talk about. This is the song that's on our new album. or, that or just something. Came like out.
0: We just booked another 10 dates for upcoming tour. Really stoked about it. Yeah, and you don't even leave a link. I think when you hint at things and you make the fans, not make them, but if that little sentence intrigues them, they then do a little bit of digging on their own. It's a lot more fulfilling, I think, for a fan to go and discover something on their own rather than to be like led there, like almost being pulled on a leash. Well, you
1: know, (laughs) being a fan, if I'm a fan of somebody's, of, of a band, I know you've got an album coming out. I know when your album comes out. I know when your album dropped. I'm, I, I know all of that real basic pertinent information. So you don't have to hit me over the head with that same basic information all the time. Right. What you need to do is guide me into finally committing to make the purchase.
2: There, there's an expression when you get sober and they say attraction rather than promotion." And that's how they get new people that want to try to follow the path of sobriety. And it's, it's about being an example and being attractive. Having somebody want what you have and not promoting what you have. And there's a lot of ways it, it's, it's about seduction, you know. Because, again, if you've got a fan, you've already got a fan. And as Michael points out, they, they know the pertinence. It's about growing your fan base. It's about not boring and bludgeoning the people who are already converts, but yet bringing new people into the fold. And you can do all of that by being informative, um, but you have to be attractive. And so by being sort of sexy in your process, that makes people want to peek behind the curtain, so to speak. You know, that's really what it's all about. I, just bludgeoning them with it is is it makes people feel cheap. I know?
0: love that analogy that you that you um, that you mentioned in, regarding sobriety. I mean, that's actually why I became a vegan. Was nobody was hitting me over the head with uh, with PETA pamphlets. I was attracted to the lifestyle that I saw someone else leading, and I'm like, right that. They're not living a hypocritical life. I'm like, they love animals and they're not eating them. And to me, I I was struggling with a, a sense of hypocrisy, and I saw them not struggling in their eating choices, and I saw them, and I'm like, I should give that a try. That looks that looks good on them. I would like that. So for me, like again, I no one sold me on it, but it, I was attract, I was seduced by by the by the peace that they found within that lifestyle.
1: There there there's a saying I tell people. People buy you before they buy your product.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, and the other thing is is that somebody pointed this out to me early in my career, that there's always one or two people in every neighborhood. And this, I guess, would, would correlate to social media as well. Who are the trendsetters and the tastemakers? Yeah. People have other people that they look up to. Other similar consumers, people they dig their look, they dig their taste, they dig their playlist, they dig... And and they follow them on Facebook. And if you can get people like that to sort of cosign what you're doing and get them to like you and interact with them, the lurkers, the trollers, the people that sit back and watch this see these sort of interactions going on. And they're like, wow, you know, it's like, I hear it all the time. It's like, People see me interacting with people who are totally into old R&B and blues. And then there's people who see me post something about this amazing violin concerto, about this amazing performance. And all of a sudden they're like, "Wow, this guy isn't just listening to his own music or his own genre of music." Yeah. And all of a sudden you've gained credibility that you're not just, you know, a one a one-trick pony. And so you you gain credibility and that works with your posts, your topics—if you're talking about social causes or political causes or funny stuff—if you've just got a sense of humor, it's yeah. like I go to this guy's page because the band posts some like funny thing about musicians and how they rehearse, or the keyboard—you know—the keyboard player's girlfriend makes it, you know, like some yeah. funny cartoon, and then all of a sudden they're attracted to what you're doing, and Not, then if you so put the things in, you're you're gold.er
0: So, Jerome, you used two words that that are uh, variants on what I always use, and I love them. You said attraction and seduction. And they're very similar to the two words that I use to describe kind of the same thing, and that is create intrigue and create curiosity. And I think if you can intrigue someone with what you're doing and not just in one post. It might take, it might take a month of posts. It might be six months worth of posts. It might be a year. Some of the clients that I've had, they've been watching me without even saying a peep for two years. And then they finally poke their head up and say, you know what? I want to work with you because I've been watching you and I'm intrigued and I'm curious and I like the way you do things or whatever. And I think an artist can do the same thing with, um, uh, with building that hardcore fan base?
2: Well, there's an integral element that you're bringing up when you say intriguing, which I think a lot of people gloss over. over when you build a persona, and that's creating a mystique. You need to create some kind of mystique so that people are intrigued and they're interested and they're curious. And that mystique could just be that you're complex or that you're deep thinking or whatever that might be, that keeps people coming back. There's got to be that basic human element of intrigue where, you know, just when you watch a TV show, if they get you sucked in for just two minutes, I want to see if this guy gets shot. <laughs> you know, I want to see if this, if, if that top is
0: going to fall off,
2: I want to see. And it's all based on creating some sort of intrigue. And I think that's a very essential element that you point out.
0: Right? And I think also what you just also alluded to there was also um, leaving an ability to surprise people instead of, like, revealing every detail, revealing everything, just spilling all your... I mean, we spoke about on the last episode, dirty laundry, right? Um, keeping some things back so that you do have the ability to surprise people with things.
1: Yeah, n- yeah. Don't, don't, don't reveal... So many artists who want to pull the curtain back all at once. I've got 50 amazing, cool photos from the studio as we recorded this album. My album comes out on Tuesday, and I'm posting all 50 of them. Yeah, here they are today, <laughs> now. Awesome. What are you posting on Wednesday? Well, we've got nothing else. Yeah, we just
0: <laughs> uploaded 50 photos yesterday.
1: How about posting one a day? You've got something for 50 days. Yeah. No, Keep that's a little you, bit going.
2: That's when you share that same post on a, on a
1: link. Fifty times. Yeah, that yeah, you keep sharing the same photo album. Come yeah. look at this cool album. Right. Now, Ron Ron, let me ask you in your experience of dealing with the labels in the industry, is this concept that we're talking about something that labels don't really want to buy into? Do they want to get into we want you out there fast, fierce, reveal everything, move as quick as possible? Do they well, want to hit the fans over the head, buy now and move on?
2: Well, things have changed so much to the point where they don't even understand how this new world works. One one thing though that I do remember in experience and in regret that I had was back in the day I used to go to the label all the time and I used to hang out with the people who were calling the shots and I blew my mystique. And you have to be as an artist the people that you're going to work with from promoters to labels to any of these things, you've got to keep your mystique. There's something that you've got to create that even the people who are in power. Because remember, a lot of these people in the music business, they're, they're as big a fan of music as you ever were. That's right. And they were attracted to this because they wanted to make their career satellite something that they felt incredibly passionate about. And so if from a business standpoint, you can create the same sort of mystique that you can as an artist. You keep these people believing that there's a guy behind the curtain and you've got to be very careful that your business mystique is, it lines up with, you know, what you're doing as an artist because if you don't, then it kind of, it, it scares people and confuses them. So you need to, carry this this sort of personality thing through everything. And that means if you're accessible, if you're arty, if you're socially conscious, you know, you you have to kind of keep that together. And, you know, when labels or people of the business aspect come out to see what you do and then talk to you afterwards, they want to see the extension of what it is that you're doing. So you've got to keep that in mind when dealing with these people.
0: Good stuff, guys. Um, I think we're going to take a different approach in our next episode. We're going to talk about the flip side of this, uh, of this approach. Um, so thanks, you guys, and um, tune in again next week.
1: Thanks, everyone. Thanks.